All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Another Bourbon Show. Um, tonight, we are joined by full-fledged uh, friend of the show, Alan Bishop. Welcome back, Alan Bishop. And today, <laughs> he brought Jolie with him. And I'm so excited to see you, Jolie, because like you were on a, a video conference that I was on, and you two just made for such a great pair. So, Jolie, thanks for joining us today, too. You get some applause, too. Oh, thank you. Applause. You didn't applause, Alan. There was no applause from you. You ready? You ready? I'm ready. That's a ball flap against my leg. (laughs) So the first question, right out of the gate, I'm going to ask you a question, Jolie, um, and then we're going to get to what we're drinking tonight. But the first question is for you. How in the hell do you pronounce your last name? (laughs) How do you pronounce it, Alan? Casper Black. (laughs) <laughs> it's casper sack casper sack okay yep. that's not nearly as hard as it looks like it would be right well four consonants and a z kind of you know throws you for a loop it does it does it's my married name my maiden name was clark super easy to pronounce yeah um, way to throw andy under the bus it's andy's name it's andy's it's andy's name it's all my husband's fault that's right <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us. I'm, we're going to talk about what we're drinking, and then we're going to start drinking it, and we're going to just start bullshitting, and that's when the fun starts. But oh, the first thing we got to do is tonight on the show, we are continuing Michter's Month, and we're drinking some Michter's bourbon. And uh, Stephen, you can do it real fast, because I know exactly what the number you're going to say is, but go ahead and say the number. Yeah, so the number is six, and this yeah. gets a six on the bottle pretty good we've talked to ad nauseum about it at this point i like that this one is just their bourbon so i mean it just so happens that that all the spacing in the letters in the bottom look just fine one thing i thought i would bring up during this label segment since we have both you guys on tonight is i wanted to talk a little bit about the sometimes these guys give me a little crap and they don't think that the uh the label rating segment is as important as it really is uh what disagree exactly. <laughs> thank you disagree thank you so I wanted to bring up exactly, uh, you know, how much goes into making a label for a bourbon. And I would like to bring up, you know, you're basically, that's something you're paying for as the customer. You might think it's important, you might not, but you're paying for the presentation as well. And about how much would you say, if you happen to know this, how much does it cost per bottle to just make the bottle itself, the production of it? You silence. I mean, I guess that <laughs> stun locked. <laughs> well, it, it depends on how far you want to go back. Like, are you mm-hmm. including the designer's time in that? Are you including the I, graphic I mean, designer? Right. You no, know, I, I mean, I, no. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> to, to answer, no, I'm just so talking about just the raw labels? materials. Yeah, I mean, just the raw de- material. That really depends on how many you're ordering at a time, but it could be anywhere from, you know, three to seven dollars for the entire package. So, mm-hmm. depends on the type of paper the foil the die cut the shut up alan <laughs> no one's getting their labels labels from sticker mule that's not fucking true and you know it we both know one dude I know. <laughs> I know. and i probably get if we drank it i'm sure i gave them a low score i mean i have impeccable uh, no it's a single barrel label that goes on um a lot of bottles uh, a lot and i mean you would know but they use sticker mule for their single barrel labels and they work great hmm. 
All right, Jolie, I've got a question that is specifically for you as well, okay? So when Steven gives his label ratings, it's a scale of Uh 1 to 10, 10 Uh being perfection. Um, Mm -hmm. Midwinter Night's Dram received a 10, okay? So that's a 10. Um, I'm going to look it up really quick. I don't recall. I mean, I know what it looks like, but I just want to look at it. Okay, Okay, go ahead. And But here's the bigger question. What would you rate this label on a scale of one to ten? <laughs> Mellowcorn? Yeah. Fucking oh, ten. yeah. Ten, I mean, man. that's a thing because there's a lot of factors that go into something that classic. Yeah. Right. It's been around for forever. But I mean, if you're doing like just pure label game, it's not very high because it's <laughs> a there's there's nothing fun and special about it but it's fucking mellow corn so so okay one to ten what is it jolie uh an eight steven you're fired no but she (laughs) but she said you could go one one of two ways i agree with everybody who says it's classic it fits perfectly but come on it's a fuck it's a three come on yeah i mean i mean like if if we were to come out with a new bourbon and i was like hey here's the label and it looked similar to look to that You'd be like, that looks like shit, Jolie. What happened yeah. to you? Exactly. <laughs> I, I'll, put it, I'll put it to you this way. If I don't I, think Midwinter's Night's Dram is a 10, though. So we can go from there. The bottle's fucking cool. <laughs> okay. I disagree with you on that. Okay. What, yeah. here's, here's a good one for, for both of you. So what about the, the classic uh, Old Granddad label versus the redone Old Granddad label? Because I hate the new one. I, I mean, have they to get, see them both side by side. Yeah, they get they get they get the classic elements into the new label, but it doesn't. There's no, it doesn't have that nostalgia to it, right? It I don't know have if I've that. seen the new one. Yeah, it's been out for a couple of years now. Now the old one was like a lighter yellow, right? No, it was it was orange, but it just had that like look because of course that orange color has a Halloween look, anyways. But it had this Halloween. look, like it, maybe because I grew up around it, right? It just had this look that I associated with like Halloween, like. That bottle's gonna fuck you up. You're gonna you're gonna drink that, and you're gonna do some shit that you regret. And that's what I thought every time I saw it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that looks like something from like Halloween Three, Season of the Witch. I agree. <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's uh, yeah, exactly. I like, it's like the a newer, shamrock thing. The newer one better. Of course you. Do. Uh, so inviting you guys on the show, I. I, I love the way it happened, by the way, Alan. So uh, for the listeners, so we're in the middle of Michter's month and I reached out to Alan and I said, hey, we're going to do a month of Michter's because Michter's is my favorite big distillery, right? I just love Michter's. So I said, hey, Alan, is there any chance that you know somebody at Michter's and could help us get somebody on the show? And Alan goes, fuck it. I'll join you. I bet Jolie will join too. And I was like, well, shit, let's lock it in. <laughs> Yes, who better to represent their brand than us? <laughs> well, it sure Thanks, shit isn't Mictors. them. This is this is yeah. in their absence because so far I think we're still pending a response from a Mictors rep about joining us. We are. So yeah. I mean, this is uh, honestly this is a warning shot, Mictors. Like if you don't come on here, <laughs> this we'll have them back. Okay? This is who represents your bourbon, Mictors. If you don't come on yourself, this is the shot across the bow, right? Like, right? <laughs> 
I should point out that all opinions expressed herein from the Allen Bishop belong distinctly to the Allen Bishop and are not associated <laughs> with any group with which I work for or with or volunteer for. Moving but, on. But no, cut he, that out. <laughs> yeah, I can cut that out. But also note that he waited until after he did the ball slapping against my leg bit to say Yeah, that. see, I'm fine with that because that just involves my balls and my leg and Jolie, and she's not going to get mad about that. So <laughs> she's going to be grossed out, but she won't be pissed. For real. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> Yeah, I just all loved that response, Alan, because th- th- like that told me that, first of all, you really enjoyed yourself the last time you were on, which is probably the single most important thing to like me. And I know it's the same way for Stephen and Ryan, too. Um, and it also showed me that you you fucking get it right. Like, that's our point is th- to drink and have fun. And yep. if we've got a smart person in the room, that makes it even better. But if we don't, then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll make we'll, do. Exactly. We'll <laughs> make do because. Well, you guys do a, do, a, do a great job of making sure that you get all the relevant stuff in there, but you can still have fun. And I think I said it last time I was on here and I've said it a million times elsewhere. We're not curing fucking cancer. We're making nope. alcohol. It's an adult yep. industry for adults. Yep. One, one of the one of the best reviews we ever had was I I don't Ryan, was it your friend that said about how like our podcast like gets the point of spirits, right? Like the old origin of the term spirit, you know, meaning life. Mm-hmm. How, was it Steven's friend or Ryan's friend? I think it was Steven's. Was that, it Steven? my, that's, that's way too smart for my friends. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought that was really cool. Like that was, that's probably my favorite review ever just because like, exactly. That's our point. We want to enjoy life and my, get stupid my, uh, drunk. My favorite offended reviews that I think I've ever heard in my life of any podcast that I've been on is um, people talking about the Steelers talk Mm -hmm. and they'll, they'll say things like, Oh, I can't, I can't listen to it in the car while I'm driving my kid to school because he cusses all the time. Well, you're okay with exposing your kid to the fucking alcohol industry. Right. You're not okay with a little bit of cursing, huh? So you're okay if the kid goes to school and tells the teacher exactly how Jim Beam's fucking made, but <laughs> God forbid he hears one of those dirty words. Yep. <laughs> Jesus. You know, we're ah. starting to get enough listeners where there might actually be a few people that complain about Alan. Suck a tailpipe. Suck a tailpipe. <laughs> 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 we, we 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 had a salesman one time named sean whitest woman i've ever known in my life also one of mine and julie's best friends and he he knows that i call him that so it's fine uh but as sean once famously said i'm turning over a new leaf so i've actually drank nothing this is what i'm like sober i drank to keep me from becoming this way <laughs> <laughs> Well, having said that, what do you say we uh, drink some Michter's bourbon? Sounds good. And we'll talk about what we think of it. How about that? Yep. Cheers. Cheers. I would say it's a very standard smell. It is. Like it's, I mean, it's exactly what you think would be. Sometimes we talk about, oh, I smell like this in particular or that in particular. But tonight, I mean. Ryan's standard response would nail it. Vanilla, little caramel, caramel, little uh, vanilla, little ethanol. Yeah, just well, copy and paste, Ryan. 
little little dye seedle on there, a little of that buttered yep. popcorn, but it's not it's not like Barton's like in your face buttered popcorn sort of thing. It's not Maker's Forty Six butters buttered popcorn either. No. It's no, it's um, you know what? Like right a, off the like a little cinnamon on popcorn. You know what I mean? Just sprinkle a little cinnamon right on top of it, and a little butter on top of it. And that's really what I'm pulling off the nose there. I've never yeah. put cinnamon on popcorn. I'm under 200 pounds, but I, I do get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations for not being fat. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> wow. Of course you get cinnamon off of it, fat ass. <laughs> it's, it reminds me of a donut. <laughs> Do you also smell Crisco? <laughs> Only when I bleed. <laughs> I think it has like, you know, when you open up a, a fresh pack of cigarettes mm-hmm. and you get that. Um, oh, that like that sweet um, nicotine. That sweet nicotine Yeah, smell. yeah. Almost like a like it's a raisin sort of smell. I know what you're talking about because I get a that little a lot. bit, but it's like that. Fil- it's this is going to sound terrible, but it's like that smell of the like when you smell a cigarette and it's got that filter kind of on it, and yeah, it's yeah. that sweet, sweet nic- light nicotine. God, mm. stop doing that! You are so fucking gross. I kind of feel like doing the, <laughs> the same smell thing. of freedom and offending non-smokers. <laughs> <laughs> I think, Julie, that was like, you nailed it on that one. Like, that's pretty great, Daniel. You nailed that one. (laughs) Shit. I was not expecting that from you. That's what I smell. Why? (laughs) God damn. You you didn't know the Crown Royal was made in Canada. Just. (laughs) I think I knew. Listen. 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 Crown Royal was my first experience into whiskey, and it is what stopped me from drinking whiskey for decades. And so I feel like I kind of just block it out because it was such a bad experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I guess when I think about it, I knew that it was from Canada, but it's not like a fact that's like right here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Facts are hard. The, the first whiskey I ever bought from a liquor store was also a Canadian whiskey. Much less expensive. It was black velvet. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I was I not 21 yet, and I had a fake ID, and I was getting ready to have a party. <laughs> and you got what you deserved. <laughs> I got what I did. Well, it, it, so here's a, you, you guys' point, your dumb point about labels mattering. So the black the black velvet label back in 1994 looked very similar to the Jack Daniels label. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I know Jack Daniels, like everybody likes Jack Daniels, but this is like $10 cheaper and the label looks almost identical. I'm just going to grab this shit, right? <laughs> like it probably tastes the same if the label looks like. And How much uh, money do you think they've made off of that very concept? Oh, oh, a ton, right? Exactly. Like, so labels matter. Like, I don't know who owned Black Velvet back then, but since then, Sazerac has bought them. And, like, what Sazerac touches fucking becomes ridiculously expensive. So They don't own them. I, I agree. Lab- labels do matter. Yes, they that's do. I, that's, what, that, that's why I hired you, Julie. They do matter. Fuck you. Who owns Black Velvet then? God. I do. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on, distributor rep. 
Who owns Black I, Velvet? If it's not Black Velvet, it, it, who, yeah. If it's not Sazerac, I, who is it? Well, I don't sell it, so it's not in my book, unless for some Heaven reason. Heaven Hill. Are you sure? Thank, thank you. Um, that's what Google told me. Well, I'm not going <laughs> to. Okay, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I, I didn't Denied. know Google was on the podcast. No, I would have wanted something better. You know, <laughs> a Canadian whiskey brand owned by Heaven Hill and produced in the Black Velvet Distillery in Lethbridge, Alberta. Why did I trust anything that comes out of Google, Jolie? You have to check Duck Duck Go. <laughs> yeah, cross. I mean, here's another. Bing. There's a couple of um, cross reference with Bing. <laughs> um, You're not saving up your Microsoft points. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> heavenhill.com. It's on it's on heavenhill.com. But look, it looks like they just acquired it in August of 2019. From uh well, I haven't gotten that far yet. Okay. It wasn't from, uh, it wasn't from that, you want to know how that conversation happened? That conversation happened like this. So uh we own uh Christian brothers, right? Uh I'm thinking we should really diversify our uh our dirt stocks and uh <laughs> hey ryan for you though I, I was talking to a liquor store owner earlier today and i mean imagine that and um he was telling me that down here right now did you talk to your own son today i'm just curious uh <laughs> sadly i did <laughs> i just wanted to check he was a little asshole today too which is why i went to the liquor store but he was telling me that down here right now the like it is all broken up it's all fucking weird so 1792 is now handled by southern, southern. yeah but thomas more is handled by breakthrough and the entire rest of like the buffalo trace and sazerac line is handled by kerner and i was like that is like like that's alan that's fucking weird, right? Yeah, yeah. Usually, yeah. usually one house picks up, you know, or, yeah, one distribution house picks up, uh, you know, the whole lineup. So, in the state. Seventeen ninety-two as an entire distillery is with Southern, except for three bottles from one product line out of that same goddamn distillery. Is with you guys down here? It, that's so, that was that blew my mind. I was like, I wanted to be like. Are you sure? But in my mind, I was like, I know he's right. He's not going to be wrong about that. But yeah. it's so odd. They've thrown the broken stick and said there's a there's room for aggressive expansion. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, it sucks though too, because <clears throat> pre-COVID, I won a whiskey fest VIP ticket because I oh, saw we go oh again. God. How many times have we and, heard and now, and now I can't now I can't go I because can't. of COVID and now because there was Southern. So Thanks, seventeen. And nothing bad has ever happened to Ryan up to this point, so it's really sucks for him in his life that <laughs> something did not go his way. You know. Well, you know, I I understand. I mean, I've, I've had one of those days today, and you know, if you'd asked me yesterday what the two big pieces of news were, I'd been talking about either that fucking heist show about the Pappy things that was interesting, or the other thing that I hate. I got to throw this out there because I haven't got this out yet. I haven't talked to anybody on a podcast lately. <laughs> Whoever designs fucking Lego sets, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Well, yeah. I'm sure there's I a story. That. I'm sure there's a story in there. I yeah. want the story. 
my still hand bought my daughter a Lego set, not even a big Lego set, guys, a little like Spider-Man fucking Lego set. And I have never felt dumber in my fucking life than I did trying to put this <laughs> Lego set together. Oh, it's a, I thought it was like some, they, you know, they like missed a part or something like that. No, it's just like a challenge. Basically. No, it, I'm just that dumb. Legitimately. <laughs> That's what I discovered about myself. <laughs> I suck at puzzles, which is why I don't fucking do them. And the fact that these people make fucking toys out of puzzles that they know that your fucking five year old is not going to be able to put together. Oh no, no, they know. They know. They're doing yeah. it to fuck you, so that you lose <laughs> an hour of your life and you never get it back. Did you guys ever and play with? You start drinking fucking black velvet because Legos are. <laughs> they suck, and you got to drink your way through them. So what, so what do you guys think about the flavor of the Mictors bourbon? Steven, have you ever had it before? I've never had it, no. So what do you think of it? Um, I, this might be an unpopular opinion. I'm really not fond of it. Um, I've liked all the Mictors stuff up until now. But um, there's something to this where I feel like it's a really light taste. Now, we've almost all the Mictors episodes we've had so far, we've talked about how they're able to do a lot with very low proof. We keep repeating that, or at least I keep repeating that, because I think it's really cool to me. But this one, I think, is one of the first ones where I just feel like there's not a lot there. Mm. Um, I don't like, I don't mind the taste when it's on the palate, but I think it's gone so quick, and then I, I don't like the finish. There's some sort of quality that there's like, I don't know what it is, but there's a, a slight aftertaste to it that's not that pleasant to me. Mm. Um, so to me, this one is... It's kind of a pass so far. I'm going to see if it grows on me at all, but that's my initial thought. Yeah. Okay. Ryan, have you ever had it before? I don't believe I have. No, I don't think so. And what are your thoughts? Maybe. I like it. I think, I think it has some of that decadent profile that I like. Um, I get a little maple syrup on the, on the back end of it. Um, but I don't know if maybe Steven, you're talking about like that. It's a little ethanol for, I don't know if that's where you're getting Steven, but. I definitely get that on the finish a lot as opposed to a lot of flavors. Yeah. But especially at 91 proof, right? 91 and a half proof to be so low in proof, but still have quite a bit of ethanol, a little bit weird. Jolie, Allen, what are you like? Have you, you guys have had it before I would guess, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I went with them first cause they, I didn't think they had ever had it. What are your thoughts on the flavor? So I, I agree. I do think it's a little bit light. I don't dislike it. And I have drank it a few times. Um, not as something that you're going to sit down and go back to and back to and back to. But like if you're just going to sit and actually drink the drink, it's some it's fairly easy to, to, to look at it from that perspective. I do like for as light as what the palate is, the viscosity is not bad at all. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of that maple syrup there. There's some English toffee there. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's very very light, almost um, uh, <laughs> like if there was a light Keith bar, you get that same sort of uh, English toffee thing out of it. There is a, an interesting uh, element of, of what I pick up. I think you guys are saying ethanol, and I pick up more as as a little bit of that kind of black pepper uh, sort of thing on the sides of the palate and at the back. That tannic finish is there. There's a weird like earthy tannic note and it's real slight and it just comes back for a second in the finish. And I'm not hugely fond of that, but otherwise it's light enough and it's sippable enough and it, it's decent enough that, you know, I, I isn't is something just to sit around and drink. Um, yeah, I, I have no problem with it. I think it's, I think it's certainly better than, uh, 
And I'll, I'll just go ahead and be the outlier here more than likely. I think it's certainly better than a lot of the offerings from some of the bigger companies have been in recent years. Um, and I wouldn't, wouldn't be ashamed of it in any way, shape or form. I think it's a, it's a, it's a fine, uh, fine whiskey for, uh, for what it is. Jolie, what about you? Um, I'm not a fan. I'd have to, yeah, no, I'd have to agree with Steven on a lot of what he said. Um, there's no finish and that's a big deal for me. Um, I agree on the mouthfeel, but I don't know. It's, it's, um, a little bland. It's a little light. It's not definitely not as full bodied as I'd like it to be. Um, and that back end taste, like this is going to sound weird, but you know, when you bite on a pencil, like when you chew a pencil, that's kind of that weird, like wood lead <laughs> taste. That's what I get on the back end. I've Is been sitting nice? here like, what is that taste? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's got a weird, um, I know. Just go ahead. Say what you got to say. What are you going to say? How does that back end taste? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> like a pencil (laughs) (laughs) um i prefer thicker girls myself um i I don't know i yeah it's not it's not for me um i i own a michter's rye and i love that bottle Mm -hmm. um and i've had michter's a few times um you know gone out i've never had a single barrel of theirs and I haven't had a lot of offerings, but this is not um, a favorite of mine. Okay. So for me, um, I'm kind of like in the middle of all of you guys, right? Like, so I'm a Michter's fanboy. I really love Michter's and like the reason for Alan and Jolie, the listeners, if you listen often, Stephen and Ryan for sure know. The reason I like Michter's so much is what they do with such a low proof, right? So like the fact that Everything that they do enters into the barrel at 102 proof. I just absolutely love because typically I get a lot more flavor out of a 91 proof from Michter's than I do from a 110 proof of somebody else because it maintains so much of the flavor of the grains that went into it. Right. And, and I really respect that about Michter's. And I mentioned it last episode. I think that I think it's one of the cool things about it is that like they're doing that by choice. And they're leaving a bunch of money on the table by doing that, right? Like, like they could make a lot more profit if they went ahead and distilled it further from what they're fermenting, but they choose not to because they, they want that, that flavor from the grain. And I think that's cool. Sometimes I want to just drink, enjoy it, get drunk. And for me, that's kind of what Michter's bourbon, like that's the niche that it fills, like kind of like an Elijah Craig small batch, to be honest with you. I agree with that completely. Completely, 100%. It's, it's the same way, like, I look at Sazerac Rye. I love Sazerac Rye, but it's because I don't have to think about it too awful hard. Right. You know? Yeah. So. And that's yeah. the last thing I want to do when I come home. If I want to, if I want to drink, to actually get a little buzz going as opposed to drink to enjoy. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying go and enjoy without moderation, whatever. But if I'm mm-hmm. going to just drink to drink, I'm not going to drop $100 on a bottle, Right of something I'm going to set and dissect. And, and on a Wednesday night after distilling all day or blending barrels or whatever, that's the last thing I want to do is sit down and dissect a whiskey, right? Yep. That's, that's Saturday night stuff or, you know, fuck it. I'm not going to work on Monday shit. Yeah, so hanging out with friends and, and you're yeah. talking 
like like you're you're, you're hanging out with friends to drink whiskey not mm-hmm. you're drinking whiskey because you're hanging out with friends but like we're hanging out to drink and we're going to talk about the 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 specialness of whatever no this is not that this is the let's just let's just drink let's just have fun i don't want to think I don't, I feel like there's too much ethanol in it for it to be a daily drinker for me like that. It's too, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely for as high or as low proof as it is, it drinks too hot for me for that. And then that fucks up that grain flavor for me. So I get what you're saying about the grain, because I do agree with the lower proof and the grain notes, those two working well together, but, um, I think you can still achieve that grain flavor at a higher proof and not have it be as hot, um, you know, all the way through. So like, you think it should have been aged a little bit longer to like pull some of that. Maybe. I mean, I don't know how old I doubt they're putting age statements on their, on their models. Right. They're not, but I think they label it as a straight. So we know it's two years, but I don't know if that's two years and three months or yeah, I don't. It tastes a little older than two years, but who I mean, knows? I, yeah, I, I just think if you had this blind, um, like I know that if I had this blind and I didn't have those like sort of interesting stats, to, like you know, think about or just like think about mixtures right. as a whole. If I separate it from that entirely, I would totally pay on this, like mm-hmm. blind, just on a you know, a, 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 along a bunch of other whiskeys, um, probably, um, you know, way more like low shelf budget bottles i would probably put above this to be honest just because to me it just doesn't i'm not saying it's bad at all i'm not saying it wouldn't get again i'm just saying like to me it just doesn't match up with the typical flavor profiles that i look for well let's let's and put it back in the tank and add peach fucking flavoring to it <laughs> so you're picking a blind what's that i mean you can't really do a blind with this one because you know ex- uh, yeah. it looks right. like motor oil so you know exactly what that is well i can tell you though i can tell you that right now i'd take the mellow corn just because i know the two tastes well that doesn't hurt my feelings you know how much i love this shit yeah and, and i mean i love mellow corn too I, I, all three of us like mellow corn a lot uh, or probably all five of us on this call like mellow corn a lot but mm-hmm. i just yeah. think that um there's I, there was a lot i think it would surprise you how much i would take over this mictor's bourbon just on its own just it's just the taste alone that doesn't hurt my feelings. Just because I love something doesn't mean you need to love it. That's why there's so many awesome bourbons and whiskeys out there for exactly oh, no, no, that no. reason. I, I agree. And so I'm, I, that's why I'm going, that's why I'm saying all the stuff I am. But I also know I am putting my neck out there just like I did with the mellow corn label rating. And well, that was I, dumb. Well, you know, <laughs> not that dumb as it turns out. Looking smarter by the day. I mean, all kinds of people like me, except for Jolie. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Baffles me. <laughs> it baffles me. <laughs> Man, I wish we had the Mictors rep on tonight. Right? <laughs> oh, we should we even be like, fuck these guys. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely not getting them on now. So, so the the person I've been talking to to try to get somebody on the show from Mictors is like the national retail manager for all of Mictors, and like he's like, yeah, I sent it out some to some people. I'll follow up, and I'm like. What kind of fucking national retail manager are you that you have to follow up? You should have sent an email and I should have gotten like seven people that night saying, yes, we're supposed to be on your show. He's yeah, nicely. Telling all seven you, of you bitches. Join us. He's nicely he's, telling you to fuck off. He's never going to email you again. That's what it is. He's probably doing a little moonlighting on that black velvet thing right now. Like, 
<laughs> I'm just going to send him a gentle reminder that the only person who's dissed us died. So, like, (laughs) (laughs) we invited Dustin Diamond on the show, and he didn't respond to us. And, like, three weeks later, he was dead. So, I'm just going to send him that little reminder. And Oh, my God. That's funny. Didn't he do porn? (laughs) Well, technically, yes. But (laughs) (laughs) he says now. Let, Isn't right. it, is, he doesn't say it now. He you either said do it. Porn was, any, yeah, was any part of a you body have it, spit you on? Have, yeah, that, you're that's either where the mom is at. Listen, let me. Dan, I, Dan I some kind of porn. I, I, I sent him a picture of my taint. Star, but <laughs> he put out a porn movie. Can I explain? <laughs> can I explain the Dustin Diamond porn? Yeah. Yes. Because I, I don't. You know, I looked into this. Okay. So <laughs> I did some research. We're looking Have you, you seen guidance. Dustin Diamond's balls? Well, no, so that's no. the thing. So he said he claims now. So he says that it was a stunt because he's dead. Yeah, yeah. right. He, he, <laughs> fucking stunt dick. Yes. He says it's. A, he said it was a stunt cock. And so and I don't. That. But what's funny is he only started saying that, as far as I can tell from interviews, he only started claiming that right around the time they started talking about the Saved by the Bell reunion. So it seems like maybe it's it's up to your interpretation. It's kind of like one of those brilliant, like, you know, when a movie ends, and you're just like, oh, I don't know what it meant. You know, it's like, do you think that Dustin was actually in it and that was really him? Or do you think that and do you think that he was just trying to like save himself and get on the show because they was didn't it want embarrassing? To like, like, was I it... think he was grasping at straws and he was like, oh, it wasn't really me. I hired a guy. Because he says, a I mean, it doesn't his, matter if whether people they they presumed it was you. So that was your. I, I don't, think he's trying to. I think he's trying to both have his cake and eat it too. He's like, was. I got a sex tape. You know. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I did. He he's trying dead. to eat his Verbal tense matters here. He ain't okay. eating shit now. <laughs> but I mean, he died. Ale- the alleged exposure to Daniel's taint. That's that's uh. Next time I post anything offensive on Facebook and I and I get the blame for it, I'm just gonna be like, it was my stunt cock. <laughs> I think Dan's taken enough photos of his own taint with his phone that it, he could unlock it with Face ID now using his taint. <laughs> what's the what's the stance there, Dan? Are you like crab walking with your no? I, I with your phone underneath there. Or? I squat. I drop trow and then squat. And, and I've got this. Like- so, I, so I've got an I've got an an Apple Watch, and with an Apple Watch, one of the things you you can do is one of the only things you can do. That's a Ah, where'd it go? Why is it not working? There we go. That's what great. So what you can do is you when you can connect it to your phone, and like you see on the Apple Watch what your phone is videoing so i can make sure to get it like auto focused like i take like really get in there oh yeah i i I take like portrait level taint pics like this reboot of get smart sucks (laughs) (laughs) so let me get this straight i just want to make sure i have a clear picture of what's happening yeah your pants are around your ankles yeah you're squatted down. Where are you when this is happening? Like a bedroom, a bathroom? No, here in my room. basement. 
I grab hold of the armrest of the couch. You know, wherever it kind of hits me. Whenever <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'm in the kitchen. Alan, so... you don't understand. I've got lighting set up, right? Like, it's... <laughs> I've got one of those umbrellas. <laughs> you got a fucking makeup kit and shit down there, <laughs> I have some blush unique stuff. So then you got your phone and you're up here looking at your watch while holding your phone like down here. No, so so you grab a hold of the armrest of the couch with this hand. So oh, you the, gotta hold on to something. You well, gotta, yeah. But how does that where you need a third hand? Because you gotta look at Yeah, how are you holding up. your yeah? No, 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 no. So that's the reason you grab the armrest of the couch with your left hand so that I can oh, the watch is so that I can that. see what the what my phone is looking at and get that in focus. And yeah, then but- with my right hand, then I cup the cup the nuts. <laughs> and where's the phone like cradled in the bottom of your pants? No, on the floor? laying on the floor. <laughs> it's not that, like, why is it so hard for you guys to understand this? Like it's, it's not that complex. I would just think that your pants would get in the way. Hey, Jolie, just come on over. I'll Hold show on, guys. you, okay? I got this. I got this. Hold on. <laughs> we'll give it a try. <laughs> I would I would hashtag this show for sure. Dustin Diamond, Horn, and Taint. And you're going to get a lot of attention. Yeah. <laughs> Strange and, attention. Really. And, yeah. Crucially to Michter's brand. Also, Michter's month will be attached to that in, yeah. in the word cloud. Yes. So. yes. Just hop in where you can. Hashtag musty. <laughs> oh, man. How do you do that with two hands? So I do actually have, right? a, I, I've got a couple questions for, uh, three of them are all for you, Alan. And these are all three from listeners. Okay. Oh, shit. All right. Okay. First one, I'm I'm saving the best one for last. The first one's from a seven-year-old, and it's just, why do you swear so much when my daddy's trying to listen to the podcast? All right, so the first one, and this one, I, did, I don't even like this question, but I was asked to ask it to you, so I'm going to. How long does it take for a cork to be dried by the bourbon? And I responded immediately and said, if your cork is touching the bourbon, you're wrong to begin with. Mm-hmm. And second of all, as far as I know, it all depends on the cork. And but I wanted to ask you, is there. Yeah, there's I don't really know that there's a timeline. A lot of it has to do with. And of course, you don't want the bourbon touching the cork. That's you know, that's a wine thing that doesn't really doesn't really you don't want that with bourbon at all. But it, a lot of it is going to rely on the atmosphere as much as anything else, whatever the humidity is around your house, or wherever you're storing it at. Um, that's going to affect things as much as anything else does. I mean, if I'm going to keep something long enough that I'm worried about the cork going bad in it. I'm just going to switch out to a synthetic cork and, and be done yeah. with it and not have to worry about it in all honesty. Yeah. That's kind of depends the... on how well those corks were kept in the atmosphere. The corks were kept before they went into the bottle as well. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, those are great points. And, um, and, and matter of fact, the, the conversation that that question led to within TikTok was, is the maker's mark? Like what's up with the maker's mark? And I said, well, it's a synthetic cork. I said, and that's actually as far as like if you're a bourbon drinker, that's better for you. Be glad that they use a synthetic cork instead of a natural cork. It doesn't disflavor and holds better, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so, from a, an, an aesthetic principle, I'm a, I'm a fan of a natural cork. But again, if you're mm-hmm. going to keep it very long, I would 
I would switch to a synthetic core. For a functional level, give me a goddamn screw top. Fuck yeah. I don't have any problem with that. All right. Next question for you, Alan, is at Spirits of French Lip, French Lick, what type of processing do you do to the corn before fermentation? So this one you're going to have to remove and use as, a, as an outtake since I said I wasn't representing anybody other than myself. Okay. Uh, what kind, but uh, theoretically, uh, it would depend on what the product is. Um, if it's most of the mainline bourbons, it's going to be yellow number two dent corn, uh, non-GMO where possible, and all from local counties, Orange, Barton, and Du Bois. Um, if it's a state bourbon, uh, and a couple of other projects that we've done. So we've done uh, potato, which is a, a South American bright orange corn, uh, real high carotenoids, um, almost like a pumpkin color. Um, and then Amanda Palmer, which is uh, corn that, that I've bred over 15 years now. Uh, it's a cross of 150 plus different uh, open pollinated corn strains um, that we use for the estate bourbon. What do you do to that corn? Oh, though, what do Alan? I do to it? Wait, what do you mean? What do I do to it? Like, what's I your mean, process before you distill it? Where's oh, it kept? Oh, see, okay. Yeah, I was busy. <laughs> I was busy beeping out, beeping out the. I know. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, buddy. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, Thanks, Jilly. so it, it, we we basically we keep it on site. It's all whole kernel. It's in a, in a grain bin, um, and we don't order any more of it than what it would take us to get through in about a month's point in time. Um, we try to keep it as fresh as what we can. Uh, to a keep insects out of it um and then b you know we don't grind until the day of because the minute that you grind that corn it begins to oxidize just like an apple does so the sooner you can use it after you grind it the better and if you can grind it fresh every day it's even better than that um i guess that kind of answers it yeah it does so you so you grind it you mill it right there on spot yep okay yep, yep. And how, how um like how big is it when after you grind it is it like powdered or is it granules is it like sand size it's kind of a personal question but uh, <laughs> yeah well, um, does size matter is what i'm asking really yes yes it does so my preference uh at least with bourbon whiskey is to take it down to a flower-like consistency i want it okay. as fine as what i can possibly get it to extract as much of the flavor as what i possibly can now if i were making other products uh, corn whiskey, uh, I usually treat it about like bourbon. Um, but you know, coming from a tradition of moonshine, uh, a little bit more coarse of a grind, uh, for that a lot of times, cause I don't want to extract as much of that, uh, that flavor, um, mm -hmm. playing around with other types of whiskeys, like maybe even rye, I might go coarse yet again, because I, again, I don't want to over extract that corn, uh, compared to what I'm getting out of the rye. So, mm -hmm. um, and it, it and it really it really depends on process and whether or not you're using artificial enzymes or using barley malt, et cetera. All those things are going to play into it. Every distiller is going to have a slightly different uh, different view. I mean, there's guys that it would freak out, you know, to see corn taken down to the powder that I take it down to because they'd be afraid it'll stick to the stills. Or, you know, if they can't run a mash, they have to run a wash. And trying to lauder corn is uh, a pain in the ass. So, mm -hmm. um, you know everybody's going to have their own their own take on it for sure but with bourbon yeah always as fine as what i can get it i want as much extraction as possible makes sense say so, and then the third question i had specifically for you alan was from a a, a 
a bourbon whiskey group that exists in the St. Louis through central Illinois area called Rusty Water Society. On Instagram, they asked, they wanted me to ask you why you refused to talk to them. Further, I said, did he decline or did he just not respond? And I found out that you just didn't respond. But I thought it would be a lot more fun if you actually declined. So let's act like you declined. Let's just say, yeah, I declined. And now why did you decline them? Alan, let's. <laughs> well, <clears throat> first of it's like, all. It's like 60 minutes now. Jesus. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, god damn, that's, that's I am Bubba Walters. And keep in mind, no matter what you say, I can make it sound like something entirely different in post. Go ahead, we're all counting on you. Fair enough, that can play to my advantage or against me, I see. Yes. Uh, so, if they did contact me, and, I, and, I, and I'm sure they did, because I do have a tendency, especially if I get busy, to not reply to people, and I don't mean any offense by that legitimately, it's just sometimes I overlook shit, and I just, it doesn't occur to me. Wow, you mean a master distiller gets really busy? Right. Weird. Sometimes people don't even approach me. They approach other people and those messages don't make it to me, which mm. is a whole nother thing. And I'm hoping that that's not the case here, because if so, you can imagine how happy I'll fucking be about that. If I had actually said no to someone and there are motherfuckers I've said no to and Joe Lee can verify that it's usually for, for a pretty good goddamn reason. I don't ignore people that I don't like. I just fucking tell them what I fucking think and go on about my day. So yeah, um, it's it's very rarely happened, but it has happened from time to time. But in that particular instance, I honestly I don't remember them reaching out. And yes, likely they probably did. And yes, likely I was either busy and or drunk, or both. Um, <laughs> probably trying to take a picture of my tank or something. <laughs> I think the first time I ever reached out to you, I think my exact like the message I typed to you was, "Hey, I'm I'm part of this." bourbon podcast do you want to come drink with us i think that's how i worded it and you were like fuck yeah because it was like yeah friday night at like one o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not hard to get on a show it's it's the ones that i here's the truth the ones that i don't like are the ones that are like we want to have you on the show and here are the 15 questions we want to ask you i don't yeah. just, yes. i don't want to fucking do that just ask and me you're censored questions. here's the here's here's the questions uh-huh you're censored. It has to be okay for people to listen to with kids. And we've been on and podcasts. I can even do that. I can, yeah, I can yeah. do that. But yeah, that's I what I was just going to say. We've been on podcasts where that's a rule where that's, that's not a problem, but sometimes it gets really overwhelming. Like the amount of questions that they, that there's, there's no like personal flavor. There's no fun. It's just like question one. Okay, question two, subset of question two to A. And you're like, mm -hmm. like, we're human beings, you know what I mean? So and, and I don't I don't even mind like the the actors theater questioning, right? That's fine. And the serious questions, I like those too. Just don't try to don't I don't want to know what you're gonna ask me before you have me on the show, right? Mm -hmm. It's gonna be a balance. I, yeah. It, it, because then I have too much time to think about it. And if I go back and hear any part of that interview, I'm like, God damn, you're full of shit. You're just absolutely <laughs> fucking just tooting your own horn at this fucking point. You know, I think obviously you guys got a lot of notes from us before this show. Um, but I, I think that <laughs> there was one. Here's some bottles, a time slot, and you click the fucking thing. 
<laughs> the one uh, the one regret that we had, Alan, the three of us, we talked after the first time we had you on and we were like, man, it's a shame that we mostly talked about bourbon <laughs> is like, well, honest like, to God. That was like what we said. We were like, you know, it was really the most bourbon centric of all of our episodes just because, you know, we knew each other a little a little less well. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. um, right. so it was a little more formal than we normally have. But, I, you know, it's just um, it, it's sort of all the stuff you want to initially ask somebody yeah. when you have a master distiller on for the first time. And then, you know, from there, it's like you actually get into the good shit, quote unquote. You know? Yeah, right. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Pictures. Like taint pictures. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, you know, the best the best shows are where you can you can do exactly what you did tonight, where you can you can taste through something. You can be serious about the tasting notes and you can make the taint joke or, you know, <laughs> spend I can, 20 minutes I can, talking about taints. Yeah. I mean, we we've made we Julie and I have certainly made our fair share of dick jokes on podcasts, you know, and that's fine. We can we can go from dick joke to here's the history of distillation. to here's another dick joke to here's right. what they were doing in 1852 in central right. Kentucky to, you know. To making fun of fucking my grandpa's grandpa gave me this recipe and he bought sugar from Walmart. And then when <laughs> then when he was afraid that he was gonna get busted, he buried a still in the backyard and and he never would tell us where it was, but we got a metal detector for Christmas from the Walmarts, same one he bought sugar at. And we went around and we Joe finally Walton got checked a, him out. Finally got a beeping noise. And when I dug a it up, noise. not only not only was it my grandpa's pot still, but it said right on the side of it, made by Marvin Popcorn fucking Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. So why don't we go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll rate this bottle. Uh, we're rating on the combination of the, the nose, the palate, and the finish. Uh, again, as usual, we're using our standard rating, which is a 1 to 10, with Jim Beam White Label being a 5.0. Um why don't I just go ahead and go first? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to give it a 6.4. Uh, I don't think it's anything special. I don't think it's significant. I think, honest to God, not just because you guys are, well, I'm bringing it up because you two are here, but um, this this is not as good as most Spirits of French Lick products that I've had. Um, those are better. They are more complex. But this is not supposed to be complex, in my opinion. Like I mentioned earlier, to me, this is a drinker's drink. This is to sit around, drink, get buzzed, not even do stupid shit. Just to drink without thinking, not taking a quiz. So I think 6.4 is solid. I think it's significantly better than Jim Beam White Label. But there's a whole hell of a lot of stuff on the market that is far superior to it. But Michter's is my drink of choice or my distillery of choice. So I'm, I'm going with the six, four Steven, why don't you go next? Okay. I'm going to go. And I, I just want to be clear that I don't hate this and I'm not doing this to be like hot takes guy, but I'm going to give it a 4.8. Hmm. Um, it pains me to do it, but uh, as much as I like Mictors as well, or, or I mean, I've been giving them consistently high ratings throughout th- this month, but um, this one is, you know, I just have to be honest that it's, I would prefer Jim beam white label to this just by a little bit. Um, now, confusingly, I think that I would more likely buy this than Jimmy Beam White Label just because I, I like the distillery a little bit more. Um, and I just think it's a more interesting bottle. But again, devoid of that, just tasting them blind, I think I would take Jim Beam White Label pretty much every time just because the uh, the flavor profile is just a little bit better to me. I like that that peanutty 
like like taste. Um, so I just prefer that to this. And you talk about being readily available. I mean, nothing tops Jim B. White Label in terms of availability. So, sure. and it's also you know a drinker's drink. It's you drink it with some friends, you know that kind of thing. So there's similar feels. So I feel like it's not like apples and oranges comparison either. I think they are like I think they're worthy comparisons. And um, yeah, I just think that I, I'm not going to fault it for not being as complex as you know something that we would give an eight to or something like that. I just think that even for what it is, I just have some preferences like Jim Beam White Label slightly above it. So that's why I'm giving it a 4.8. Fair enough. Ryan? Yeah, I definitely had it more on a pedestal uh, (laughs) just from what we've had before. It's an okay bourbon. It's not my favorite. Alan said you kind of get that pepperiness at the end. Um, It's real ethanol and, and there's a lot of pepper. It's just not really my thing. I mean, you get those caramel and vanilla notes too, but it's just kind of a one trick pony. It's just, I just taste ethanol at the end of the day. I don't really get anything more than that. I mean, there's some things, but I'm going to give it a six, two. I think it's definitely better than Jim beam. It's not the best bourbon we've ever had. And, uh, I don't know. I was just hoping for more. All right. Fair enough. Let's go with Jolie. Let's have you go next. Um, so if your Jim Beam is your 5.0 mark, then I'll give it a 5.0 because I don't like Jim Beam white label and I don't like this. All right. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I mean, it's just Jim Beam's a, just a mouthful of charcoal for me. And this is, is a lot of ethanol, um, like Ryan said, um, you know, one one trick pony. And um, I understand wanting to sit down and, and drink something and not have to think about it. But I feel like in that 45 to $50 range, there are way better bourbons um, that you don't get that um, off of for that same, you know, for that same price. So we'll give it the same rating that you're giving Jim Beam because I, I don't care for Jim Beam either. Okay. Fair enough. So a 5.0. And Alan, let's let's hear what the the wise man has to say. Oh my god! Wow, <laughs> it's a, fucking deep it's in a, here, Bishop. Solid. It's a solid <laughs> six point one two niner for me. Wow, six point one two nine. Wow, we Not have niner, never niner. had niner. a hundredth nor a thousandth level decimal on the show. This wow. is a first. Congratulations! We, we go to the tenth regularly. <laughs> but never the hundredth or the thousandth. So I'm not a big fan of, uh, of white label. Um, I never have been, I respect it and I understand it. Uh, I probably had too much of it around when, when I was younger, it's probably part of the problem, but that, that foxiness that comes from it in particular, I'm not a big fan of. So it doesn't, doesn't necessarily take a ton to beat out white label for me. And, and I agree with you guys. I think that, that, you know, just the drinkability is not getting too complex, not getting too far into it. And yeah, there is a little heat there, that that pepperiness, right? But I even like that in something that's a little bit light because it's kind of a braking system. It kind of reminds you that you're drinking something and hey, dumbass, maybe you do have to work tomorrow. Maybe you should slow down a little bit, you know, uh, and put the brakes on. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's something that that I would buy that I have bought before. And I uh, don't put a whole lot of thought or effort into it. And and sometimes that's nice. I mean, we all like big, dumb fucking action movies, too. You know, it's just the, the nature of the beast. So, mm-hmm. you know, I really like what you said there about um, 
the the heat kind of reminds you that you're drinking. Like mm-hmm. like that's one of the big reasons why I actually prefer to not drink light beer because like your belly gets full when you drink a not light beer. And your mm-hmm. belly getting full reminds you, wait, I should stop drinking cuz my belly feels full. Whereas if you drink light beer nonstop, your belly never feels full, so you just keep fucking drinking. Keep going. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go momentarily because I'm actually pretty sure I've got a tick on my balls. So, <laughs> like, interesting. There's something weird going on down there. Uh, so I'm going to check that out. If you got an Apple Watch, I know a way you can check. It's <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I thought when I noticed momentarily. I was like, oh, man, if I had that fucking Apple Watch. Yes, that's. I always say that Crown Royal Peach would be great in sweet tea. That's its job. I will vouch for it. It is <laughs> not like not like neat in a fucking Glencairn. Still doesn't make up for Nickelback. <laughs> Aren't they Canadian? That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make up for Nickelback. Oh. <laughs> Oh, is Crown Royal Canadian? Yeah. Are you even on this show right now? <laughs> Do you know anything about whiskey? <laughs> Do you even whiskey, Jolie? 